Don't Skip This One is a music podcast. Music is played and then the host and or guest talk about it. It's really not very complicated. Don't overthink it. The music and the talking may be explicit. The jokes and the bits will be dumb. What's up, fellow music nerds? Welcome to the episode called Ohio is for Emo. That's right, we're doing the Emo episode, and that means we got Cody and Brady here. Woo! Woo! Um, Brady tried to do his air horn, too, and there you go. There you go. I told you that um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing that every time I'm on this podcast I with you. I like it. Um, I feel like I'm out of, I don't have control over my, my own thing. I should have been never invited you guys to this. Uh, <laughs> I love how we push that at the exact same time. Dude, you need to get that app. It's a great app. I don't think I can operate it and record. Today's op- I will probably episode is brought it. to you by Hamhorn. Hamhorn. <laughs> it's what you push. Guys, I don't, they're not paying us. So you just said that shit for free. Um, well, I guess this is officially an explicit episode now. It's always officially explicit, <laughs> Cody. <laughs> uh, all right, this is the emo episode, and we're going to get way too distracted because we're actually talking. What the hell was that? That's the Wilhelm scream. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done here. <laughs> okay, okay. When did you guys first get into emo? Is it like when you started listening to music? I, so, at least for me, like that's how I feel like it, everyone usually seems to find their like music taste like when like pre-teens, early teens. That's kind of when you yeah. like find what you're listening to. So like I feel before that, like I listened to a bunch of like 70s music, 80s music, whatever my dad and mom were listening to. Right. But my dad also listened to... A lot of calling out Brady's dad. No, no, he early in the podcast. But he he also listened to a lot of like um, Offspring and Green Day, and I think that's kind of what helped transition into like what I like yeah. now. I was gonna say on your guys's punk punk is not dead episode. That's where you drop the ball and not mention it as a forefather. Offspring, dude, we because you said Green Day and Blink One Eight Two, and I think Offspring. Right I did. There. We you did talk do. about this afterwards. We talked yeah. about it after, and Cody's right. We messed up. I mean, the comment section was just blowing up. And by comment section, I mean Cody's text to us. <laughs> but I feel like they, they kind of get forgotten when, when they, not just by you guys, but in general. I no, think you, I want to, this is so off topic, but um, I did want to say, I think they get forgotten because I still wouldn't consider them pop punk, but they are forefathers of pop punk. In yeah. my mind, and I, I like they're and, and, we, and, and we had a and like this is where we had our disagreement where I like I feel like some of their that newer stuff got into more of like the that pop punk because like I know there's pop punk there's pop punk emo screamo post hardcore like all the different like technical genres but like to me it all is like the same it's that stuff I listened to in high school. Do you think and would you guys do you believe it like punk? is what then like that was like the father of what branched out to become like emo and those subgenres because i feel like that's kind of where it started yeah i think so i would say like in my head and this could be totally inaccurate because i am not a professional i didn't know zero to no research but like in my head is blink 182 
and then like was the forefather of emo and we got a blink 182 on the playlist um but like that's in my head and i actually i know this is wrong because one of our other songs predates their emo stuff but like i always think of like blink is like pop punk and then right before they disbanded they did like some emo stuff and then emo was big but i was also pretty young at the time yeah so, so i because there was a lot of like emo stuff that happened at the same and that's what i mean like it's hard for me to again we're not professionals we are um three dudes and they're early 30s late 20s who are just talking about the music they like in high school so we're we're not pros we've never studied this in any classes um but and if you're still listening if you're <laughs> if you're still listening kevin is wrong um no but we yeah we like to me there was a lot of emo stuff and like and like that's what i'm saying it's hard like now i feel like it's all categorized or it's like oh that's pop punk well that's emo like to me there wasn't really like when we were listening to it, I didn't feel like there was as many distinctions on what genre it was. It was just all that like alternative rock that was coming out. Yeah. That now people are like, okay, well this is this sound, this is this sound, this is this sound. Where like when it came out, it was just like that alt rock that we all listened to. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I'm wondering because like I'm so I'm two years younger than Brady. Are you are you the same age? Or yeah, um, I'm like a like a few months older a than few Brady. months older. So it's basically two years younger, and I think that's interesting because like when you're preteen, teen, that kind of matters. It's almost like every year's a, di- a different generation when because life seems so sh- um, short and stuff. And so like when it, when it got to me when I hit high school, it was like there were very clear lines of where pop punk ended and where emo started. It's been blurred in retrospect, but, like, there was, like, oh, there's the scene kids that listen to emo, and then, like, everyone else listens to alternative, or uh, there was also a lot of people who just listened to rap and didn't listen to rock, but I don't know. It's just, I think that's interesting. Oh, that's just my take on it. What, what do you think? Well, and to answer your question, I think my, I would probably have to pinpoint it of, like, when I got into emo as late middle school, mm-hmm. like, early high school. Um, kind of like similarly to Brady, those like staple bands like Green Day. And I actually don't think I got, I like was at, no, 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 I was. Cause my dad, do you guys, did you ever get those, those catalogs when you were younger where it's like get 10 CDs for $10 or whatever? That's a nostalgic thing right there. Right. And like that's when CDs were still a thing or like more relevant. And my dad, he did have Blink-182. He had Offspring. And so I think I liked songs off of that, but I didn't like dive into the discography. But the first band that I recall, and this is a middle school that I like fell in love with, and it's like, dude, this is my band. And I don't know if they would be considered emo, maybe elements of it was Linkin Park. And I think that was like the catalyst of what would later like introduce me into alt rock, emo type of music. But that was like the first band. Like I think for Brady, was Green Day that for you? Because I remember you really yeah. liked Green, Green Day. Green Day was that for me. But it's that that's what I mean where like I know there are like Linkin Park is very different than Panic of the Disco, which is very different than like Rise Against. But to me they all kind of blur into the same like just like two thousands alt rock. And to me that yeah. is kind of what Yeah, like, like if all these different types of genres i guess was a venn diagram 
we lived in that center, that center part. part. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's and that's what I like. I know you know you have the hardcore people who like will only listen to pop punk and won't listen to emo. But like I feel like most of the bands at that time, they all their set like their sounds crossed over like a multiple of like what the genres are now. Yeah. And, and I think that's our issue too is that we lived right in the middle of that Venn diagram sound yeah because a lot of them came out of Vegas right there's a few that came out of Vegas, Vegas so like out, I mean Panic at the Disco Panic at the Disco was a big huge one. and they were out of Vegas um, Escape Fall Escape off. the Escape the Fate and then and then Fall um, Falling in Reverse came out of Vegas Fallout Boy is what I was saying you probably thought I was saying Falling in Reverse <laughs> but it, it, Falling in Reverse too Falling in Reverse no no Fallout Boy was not Vegas my oh, bad but, but I well, associate him with Panic because they found Panic but Panic the and then higher. the higher is one that like not as many people know about they were a lot bigger just for us in the Vegas area but yeah they were assigned to Epitaph or was it Equal Vision Epitaph Epitaph had like some of the greatest like, yeah. Epitaph was the best at that like they they've signed so many great bands for this genre like that like you said 2000s alternative rock yeah and that's kind of like that's what we like when we say emo that's kind of what in my mind emo is it's just easy it's just a catch all phrase of like yeah it's just this 2000s alt rock yeah, yeah. Epitaph signed the higher and Escape the Fate around the same time yeah they did and I feel like there was like there's these local concert thing like outdoor concerts similar to a Warped Tour called Extreme Thing Brady's mentioned it in a previous podcast but yeah. um, they I feel like I went to one of those and during in the middle of the higher set like Ronnie Radke from Escape the Fate came out and like I remember that yeah so it's like there was probably like some weird competitiveness this this there and it's like we grouped them like Brady said it was like oh we like like these we kind of just like associated these are bands we like but they were like different types of bands very like the higher and escape the fate were very different but it was all that like we're saying it's yeah we're right in the middle of that venn diagram yeah yeah so okay yeah it's it's interesting to hear other perspectives and i did want to say like in high school there was a division such that like there were the scene kids who did show up in like black nail polish all black black makeup you know would stay out of the sun dye their hair black kids who it was like they were they were considered like lame by the most of the school populace and so you almost like there was like a almost don't admit that you listen to super emo but like the big emo like fallout boy panic at the disco um my Chemical Romance almost wrote that line of like people didn't admit that they listened to him until like we got to senior year and realized that everything like nothing like that mattered. But I also went to a way different school than you guys because mine was in yeah. the middle of a big city and yours was a smaller small town. Little town. So so there was tons of different cliques and everything, um, multitude of them. So I just thought that was that's like an interesting thing that like I didn't admit to my friends a lot of the stuff that I would listen to um so I guess that's our beginning of the emo um for this episode because like we said I think I think we said this on the podcast but like we could talk about this for hours and so I was like all right guys we gotta like narrow it down a little bit so I was like let's do specifically ones we listened to in high school we each we each brought two personally and then there's one Cody and Brady, and like me too, but like you guys were like, this is definitely emo for both of us. So there's like one shared between you guys. And then I got, of course, at my end, at the end, 
added one for my wife. Um, and it also fits perfectly in the category. Too. Yeah, and it also fits perfectly in the category. So um, that's kind of how we structured the episode. We're going to... Were you guys a good start? Let's yeah. do this thing. All right. I'm not even going to announce the song. It's just going to play after this. It's, this feels weird, but I'm going to do it. So you guys listen to I Miss You by Blink-182. Um, I think I already said this, but like, so one of what I think of as like early emo, um, it's not the first, but it all kind of, I think it all kind of started happening at the same time. Um, so why you shouldn't skip this one? Uh, for me, honestly, I've listened to this so many times. It's like I got many opinions about it it's it's got a great build to it um where they're adding stuff on and they got the just absolutely classic tom DeLong like little whiny mm-hmm. lyrics of uh singing um i did want to say it's like i didn't come up with a term for this or look if there's already a term but like there's the manic pixie dream girl and then i feel like he's describing like the emo version of the manic pixie dream girl um and then I'll say my favorite lyric too, is we can live like Jack and Sally, and and then like and have Halloween on Christmas. Was that was, that, is that, that all of ours? That, that was is that what yours was? <laughs> it would have been a candidate, but I kind of figured one of you were we're gonna pick it. Yeah, yeah. So I that's mine because I am a huge. I'm sure the three of you, by the three of you I mean the three listeners who listen to this. So you two and Kevin. Oh um, man. We one of the episodes has more than three plays. <laughs> um, no, but I'm a big Disney nerd, so like I I love that it had that like little Disney you know reference because it's you know it is that like like I feel like Nightmare Before Christmas is that weird. I've talked to so many people about this where people either love Nightmare Before Christmas because they love the movie, they hate it, or they love it because they just love Tim Burton and they're like goths like. Like, I feel yeah. like throughout high school, like, any of those kids that, like, the goth scene kids, they all had some sort of, like, Jack Skellington t-shirt that they'd wear in the middle of July. Like, oh, yeah. I think I think I didn't know about Nightmare Before Christmas until a kid who, like, was wearing Jack Skellington and, and like, would, they um, they all, like, sing a song together or something. The, the This Is Halloween song, I think. They, they, like, did the chorus, and I was like middle school i think it was like seventh grade i was like what is that from yeah i feel i feel like it had its resurgence right around this same period and that's yeah yeah it's probably a big contributor um like for me the reason i i one of the things i love about this song like this whole album is i think it's my favorite blank album it's their like it's their more emo album it's it's um but i love this song i love the drums on it i i love how he uses the brush like he uses like a jazz brush to play yeah. and it's not like it's not just a like sticks it's has that cool creepy feel to it yeah what do you think 
Cody? Uh, well, just first of all, I was gonna say, this is, I might have, like, my perception on this might be different from how you remember it, Brady, but, like, at least me and Brady went to the, we were in the same grade, went to the same school, um, high school, and I feel like, as much, like, we talked about the, how we didn't, like, overthink the sub subgenres, but I do remember there was, and it's so silly when you think back on it, but I remember, like, about bands and stuff, there'd be, like, oh, this band isn't, like, they don't even use double bass in their song, they're not hard enough, or, like, oh, the, this band, like, yeah. they, they don't even scream, they just sing, and it's, like, looking back on it, it was, like, so silly, but, like, you were saying, Zach, like, sometimes there'd be, like, those bands where it's, like, oh, th- that song is pretty good, but we're not going to admit that they're, like, on our playlist, like, Yellow Card or something, you know, Yellow yeah, Card. Yeah. And so, but the one thing I felt, like, was pretty consistent consistent among, like, our peer group was that regardless about the double bass or the screaming, because of the, the how they were, like, forefathers, everyone met, like, was down with Blink-182. Yeah, everyone like, was down. Like, yeah. no matter what side, if you were, like, I don't like the screaming... Or I I only want the screaming or the double bass you know like yeah yeah and was, and thinking about it too I it makes me laugh because I feel like at least for us in this time frame people had their bands that like they were almost super protective of where it's like no 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 you can't like you can't listen to this band that's my band yeah which you know we were in high school and like and this more happened like it felt personal to you the seventh band. eighth ninth grade like early like when you're like even younger and it yeah. there's a few bands I remember like starting to listen to and there's other kids at our school who were like oh you listen to them I, that are you sure do you, do you even know their songs like and then finding bands on my own and then like I didn't care but they pulled out I was like oh yeah like I I showed this person the band that's how you found them it's cause I found them <laughs> yeah like and, like there's bands like I, I remember I think Mare and I found a change of pace and then there was other people I don't I'm not gonna call out who who it was, <laughs> but like they were like it was the same people who shut me down for listening to Censusville and the Use um at one point and they're like, Oh yeah, listen I was like, Oh yeah, no, I we found the band and like I think that's how like found the band and that's how you found out they're like, Oh, I guess you're right, yeah. And I was like, Yeah, like just let us all have <laughs> we could all have the bands. You you don't own the band. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And so, uh, that is, like, a funny thing. It's, like, back then, it's just, like, it's so funny. Because I was, I definitely was, like, oh, man, like, I found this band. Now everyone's listening up sometimes. Yeah. And I think everyone yeah. to a degree was that. But it's, like, you should want the band you like. To it. succeed. But I think it's just because it, it, like, felt personal to yeah. you and stuff. Yeah. And, but I just remember that, like, I wanted, I waited to bring it up to after the Blink song, where it's just, like, they transcended the whole, like, idea of, um, Oh, they're not hard enough. Like everyone was just like, no, Blink is like they're staple. They're staple. They're good. They were they were the middle of the Venn diagram. Like everyone, no matter yeah. what, like yeah, you liked everyone loved Blink. But yeah. I'm just saying, like all even the people that would preach about oh they're not hard enough or whatever, yes. they like oh no, but Blink's fine. We'll yeah. make an exception for them. And why I wouldn't skip it, I guess, is like even though this is something that's kind of that they do in a lot of their songs, I would say I just like the contrast between their voices and back and forth like when when like the higher who sings higher i should know this one uh higher should be tom delong yeah like when he comes in and it's just like it like 
it pierces through you because it's like, oh, you were just used to this lower tone, and then boom. Yeah. 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 Mark Hoppus has a lot more baritone or or whatever. I don't. I'm not gonna. I've heard that baritone before. I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what his voice is. Anyways. Yeah, Blink One Eighty Two is always um, great. I mean, they're they're three fabulous musicians. I'm glad that they all found each other. I think we're all lucky for it, um, because, I mean, each in their individual right too are like great musicians. So, I, I'm glad that we have them on this playlist, um, in this episode. Uh, playlist available on my profile. We'll get to that later. Um, okay, so are you guys ready for the next one then? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, again, I'm not going to announce it. It's just going to it's just going to pop up. These guys are going to it's going to start. I'm going to stop talking eventually and then I'm Do not like Kevin Bessie. But anyway. Oh, sorry. Are we recording? Oh, we so, oh. Yeah, yeah, sorry, guys. Dude, give us a heads up, button. dude. Give uh, us yeah. a heads up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin, I got you. I was trying to catch him in the act, but no, I'm just kidding because Kevin is not authentic. That was Ohio's for Lovers by Hawthorne Heights. Um, why you shouldn't skip this one? Okay, so for me, I was. this is some notes I wrote down. I listened to it. It's like... I feel like this is like the definition of emo, almost. It's like when I think emo, if I have to like pick a, a pick it as like these songs are emo. It's like this <laughs> obsession with like bloody and violent imagery to describe emotions. It's not like I don't know. They're they're like using these lyrics that are like incredibly violent to describe like. An emotion that they feel. And I feel Dude, like did you look that up in the Webster's dictionary? No. Very <laughs> <laughs> no. So are you saying that most? Are you saying that most songs don't have the lyrics? You know, you do. You kill me well. You like it too, and I Weird, can tell. Weirdly enough, not a lot of songs talk about uh, killing um, as not as much as you think. Um, Wait, the, the Taylor Swift? Oh, maybe not. <laughs> no, that's about her, um, her, her screen door. Oh yeah, yeah. And stuff. Riding shotgun in the front seat of the car. Yeah, redundant much? Because shotgun in that one is about the seat and not the actual, like, shooting the shotgun. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's got that wine. I feel like a lot of emo songs have that wine, like Tom DeLonge wine that they all... But also but also screaming, this is on the screamo side of emo, for sure. Yeah. Um, and it, like, accentu- accentuates the main melody. It's good. For like those people that aren't super into screamo, I feel like this isn't too heavy on it. Um, and then for me, my favorite lyric uh, is "With these lights off, as these wheels keep rolling on and on." Is and on 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 and on. I don't know. I just it sounded it like sounds so um, evocative of like. Just this, like we're gonna keep going, even though on there's and nothing. On and on and on. Even though there's nothing there, <laughs> try to be serious for a damn second. Okay, Brady. sorry, my bad, my bad. 
seriousness done. Okay, but this was the one where you guys were like, well, we both want this on, so we can't yeah. have... So, like, can we just have this on in addition to well, so our other two? With your contingency about, like, each pick two songs, I think we had, like... Like, we were we each had, like, one on lock, and then we were trying to decide on our last one because it's like, dude, Ohio's for Lovers has to be, make the, the emo episode. Yeah. Because yeah. It, to agree with you, it is, like, when you... I think a lot of people, when they think of emo, they're thinking of Ohio's for Lovers. It's a great, like definer of the genre yeah uh, like you, yeah, the, like yeah. my like i guess favorite lyric is the you know you cut, cut my wrist and black my eye so i can fall asleep tonight like that yeah. you don't get there's there's a few we'll we'll get to it but there's not very many other lyrics that get as emo as cutting your wrist and blacking my eyes just so i can fall asleep without you tonight like yeah like yeah. it is super emo it is one that like yeah, and I just think, and it's, it's a, like weirdly, it's a great one to like sing along with. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, yeah. I don't know why. Like, well, they do a great melody, and it's just like the lyrics are like, yeah, just you know, cutting my wrist, back my eyes, you kill me well. Here's the thing: when you when you get me on an episode, you're gonna get a little bit of history, all right? Go for and it. Let me tell you one okay. thing: resident music <laughs> history expert, not an expert at all, but I remember like. At the time, I, I feel like when we what was like 2003 to 2010, I don't know, maybe a little bit before that, emo was like thriving. It was in its prime. And then I felt like it died out. And then, and then I feel like it came back in recent years. Yes. Yeah, and, for sure. And so, but I remember, and I don't think it's come back. I could be misinformed. But a big thing at, the, at that time, and you would see it in music videos, you would see it one to two times per show. I think you would, I remember going to a Sayosin show and seeing it, seeing it. But there was the guitar swing. Yeah, and, the guitar swings were the, the best. I remember, yeah. I didn't play guitar and I wanted to learn how to, yeah. I think Austin May had a guitar where he had like the locks. Yeah, so that's what And like he, he let me swing and I was like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> and, and so like, that's when I think of this song, this all had a purpose, was I, there, yeah, there were special pins that locked your straps and you can kind of like home, you can kind of like customize them and do it yourself with like a washer and a um, bolt and stuff, but it was just kind of sketchy. But I remember when I think about the song, I had a trampoline in my backyard and I had like this toy guitar and I either like I customized the straps to stay on there or it was just like f fixed to it because it was a toy guitar. And I would just like yeah. do guitar swings and be pretend <laughs> and like have my MP3 player, not even like an iPod. Yeah, yeah. And I'd had Ohio House is for Lover and be pretending like I was like the guitar player <laughs> singing it and swinging it. So that's what I think about when I think about the song. That's awesome. Like, I feel like I feel like music videos of the day like that's guitar swinging, jumping off of amps, mic swinging. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, and yeah people would tape their mic. The they mics they tape the XLR. mic and, um, and they would. There's a. I, the band one of the bands on this playlist we'll get to it like he was the best at mic swinging oh yeah can, do you, should we just say let's wait let's wait but no like I I just like the just the, the music video of the guitar swinging you think oh it's so cool also just for anyone just learning how to play guitar and you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna swing my guitar from what I can tell the best is if you swing it with the butt end around first because it has the weight to it. When you try to go neck first, it gets caught. 
and also are you speaking from personal experience Brady? yeah no like this is this is me messing around with guitars (laughs) and just swinging them i can't play I could. I played the drums very crappily. I was in a band, Ultimate Distortion. Look us up on nothing because I was a band in sixth grade and we didn't record anything. <laughs> we just did covers of Nirvana, but it's fine. Another consideration, though, is that you had to, like, if you were taking this seriously and doing it live, you got to be aware of, like, the chord when you're making the swing. Is it going to get tangled up? Is it going to well, be no, because, hooked? Well, no, because they, they, a lot of them, they would do the. No, I, I was like, still on the swing. You no, have to the, be careful. But wasn't there the wire? Didn't they? A lot of oh, yeah, wireless. wireless, wireless. You have to do wireless. But there, there's a way to do it with uh, with the cord. Yeah. I'm sure that it, there are people. They, you like, tuck it in your strap. Dude, I'm not an expert. We could, Austin May would know. Austin May would know. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, I'm so glad you mentioned the guitar swing because I hadn't. I haven't thought about that in so long, but that it was such a... Because it's not revel... Like, people don't do it anymore. They need to no, bring it back. We got to bring it back, dude. Okay, we'll we'll make a band popular just so that we can bring back the guitar stuff. We should form like, a band quit. where we don't actually play music. It's just us listening to this music, and we're just swinging guitars and around And we're just us. swinging guitars around. That'll be the music video. It's set to another band's song, and then it'll just be us swinging dip- multiple different guitars. Heck yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think we've. Uh, I, th- I think we've gotten. This we've one. gotten this one. That was the inspiration for the. Not title. only have we beat a dead horse, we've cut its wrist and blacked its eyes. I would say, dude, mm-hmm. it can now fall asleep tonight <laughs> or, or die. Yeah, was, you know, on and on and on, on and on and on. <laughs> I'm gonna say that was the inspiration for the title of the episode. All right, next song, go. taking back sunday this is like the third attempt at trying to um talk about this because i keep messing up um what did i already say the name of the song i already forgot i whatever started already (laughs) no this is staying in (laughs) we're doing it live okay um okay who 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 this was my song this This was one of my picks it's not even like one of my favorite emo songs but the reason why i picked it let me just answer you two questions. Let me kill two birds with one stone, or the PETA version. Feed two birds with one scone. Man, you are coming so at this me, with a lot of energy. So I don't know. You, the two <laughs> questions that you asked is your favorite lyric and why you shouldn't skip this one. And the reason why is kind of like you were saying earlier. Emo to me is one of two things. And that is grossly over-the-top violent lyrics or over-the-top, lovey-dovey, emotional lyrics, hence emo, emotional. Did you know? The more you know, Star. Whoa, that's where it comes from. Oh, oh, whoa! And I feel like the my favorite lyric, and the one that I use as an example when I describe emo music, although Ohio is for lovers is the song, I like this line because I feel like it couples both the violent and the love aspect of emo in one. And that is, let's say it together, Brady. 
<laughs> well, how does it start? <laughs> it's uh, the truth is you, you could slit my throat, but and with my one last gasping breath, I'd apologize for bleeding on your shirt. So Evo, so over the top, so the desperate. fact that it's like I would apologize. Like <laughs> if you slit my throat, I would apologize for bleeding on your shirt. Like that is emo to its core and that like for me is just like that lyric sums it up like i don't know a more emo lyric no i really i can't ever think of one because you're right it's it's violent and but also like really romantic romantic. like i would love if a girl would say that to me you know maybe someday maybe someday someone will say with my one last gasping breath i'd apologize for bleeding on your shirt no but it's really good and this is the band we were talking about with the mic swinging um the lead singer of this like i think i know people did it before but i think he like almost perfected mic swinging like he would watch the music videos for his stuff like he's swinging it around his neck like he's throwing it up in the air like he's doing crazy mic tricks with does he still do it he today? still does it like i uh, at least a couple years ago when i went to one of their shows he was still doing it and like he does it live in those in the music videos it is really, really good. Just how much, like the I don't know what it is, but the mic swinging is amazing. Yeah, but, well, I'm glad that you. Also, that was my favorite lyric. So that we we all did the favorite same. Wow, lyric. we killed three birds with one stone, or fed three birds with one stone. Please, I, we don't want Peter coming after us. I mean, we're big enough as it is. We, we don't fed need, like, three birds, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the good middleman here. We fed three birds with one stone. One scone. Stone. No, Brady. I'm 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 That's meeting. not good for their stomach. Brady, you I know I'm meeting Brady, everyone. You dumbass. Halfway. Birds can't eat stone. Yeah. That's, who Bring home the bagels. Dude, who invited Brady? Is that another one of those? Yeah, dude. Bring home the bagels. Who invited Brady onto this podcast anyways? Um What was I even I, talking about? Oh, I was gonna mention uh you guys because we were talking about offspring earlier, um it reminded me, like, we're talking about uh, how, like, desperate and emo that song is, uh, that line is. It reminds me of Self-Esteem by The Offspring, where um, where he's just like, yeah, she cheats on me, and she all constantly cancels plans and stuff, but, like, what am I going to do, you know? Um, like, just those kind of guys is what they're portraying in a lot of this emo music. Um, also, this song has tons of uh, time signature switches. I think that that's one of my favorite things about Taking Back Sunday is like the it feels like most of their songs, the beginning and end, almost sound like two different songs. Like I think about like Make Damn Sure, like it. Yeah, Make it, Damn it, Sure does that. Like, like really the well. beginning of the song and end of the song do not sound the same, but it's still the one song. And I love how they they'll change it up and so it's almost like you're listening to two songs in one would you agree yeah with taking back sunday especially taking back sunday i feel like they're really really good at being able to like switch it up so it doesn't sound the exact same like they would it's constantly flowing through their songs yeah i I like that and i like that they use it in this song to like talk about they almost do like this changing emotions of the relationship in between the tempo changes and also like mood changes and his singing and adding some screaming and stuff. It's a it's a great song, as is 
all of these songs, as are all of these songs. I couldn't speak English for a second there. Okay, um, next up, this one's my pick. This is my song. You guys can't have this one because it's my song. It's like, I don't even want it, dude. Wow. Can we skip this one? You guys, come I'm on. Majority guys. vote, dude. Major- guys. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Come on, guys. But I'm on the podcast, too. All right. Uh, yeah. Was- Ham horn. <laughs> Get it now. <laughs> uh, all right. Drink song. Fanta. <laughs> Drink Fanta all the time. That's like why personally I love drinking Great Fanta while downloading Hamhorn. Hamhorn. This episode brought to you by Hamhorn and Great Fanta. Because nothing pairs better than a Hamhorn and a Great Fanta. That sounds <laughs> delicious, guys. Wait a minute. Hamhorns. You don't. Okay. Uh, that was. <laughs> Yeah, that that definitely fits. Did that fit this time? Did yeah. I make it work? Um, that worked. All right, I did fifth, it. Fifth tries of beauty. Um, ready to fall by Rise Against here on KDSTO, uh, where we bring you the latest and greatest emo hits from our high school days. Um, okay, Rise Against, one of my favorite high school bands. Um, I don't know if you guys listen to them a lot. I think we talked a bit. We talked a little bit. I I listened to just I just kind of got into them. Not very much. Yeah, I don't know Cody if you would listen to them a lot or not. Um, but like for me, they sit on the like political side of punk and emo, and I think I was drawn to that as a kid. Who uh, most of my anger stemmed from political things, and so uh, which we don't need to get into. But like. Um, and then, like, they're so, they're so, like, most of their songs are so angry. I think Swing Life Away is a good example of, like, where, they, where they're not super angry. But, like, a lot of the songs I listen to where they're angry. And I was angry all the time, I felt like, as a teenager. Um, and so I like them a lot. This song in particular I picked, um, it was one of, like, the three songs I could afford on my iTunes gift card. So I listened to it over and over again. Um, and it's like this song about like iTunes um, gift card. That's a throwback for sure. Yeah, dude. Is iTunes even a thing, or is you it can, just Apple Music? You can still purchase stuff on iTunes. Oh, but isn't it like just Apple Music technically? And I heard like no. iTunes doesn't. Ex- oh, computer iTunes doesn't exist. No, it does because I've like um, for example, there was a song that recently came out by this artist called Dak called Outlaw that I purchased through um, iTunes so I could put it on my iPod Classic. Wow. I heard that song's a really great song to listen to while drinking Great Fanta. Great Fanta. The, the, the soda for Dak fans. The quenchiest of the Dak sodas. Fanta grape flavored. Uh, it's, it's like, I love this song is like, Panic induced. I keep. Try- I swear we're gonna talk about this song. Um, 
it's like this panic-inducing song because it's like about like how you're ready to fall off the ledge, but then there's like this hopeful, like the breakdown is kind of inverted from normal where breakdowns harder, like their break or bridge is more like hopeful and like, oh, I can see them saving me um, from this. So, and then um, my favorite lyric, uh, and Rise Against is really interesting because you'll like dive into their lyrics and they're a lot more, more poetic than you would expect on a lot of songs, at least for me, that's what I feel like. Um, but they said, I took, my favorite one is I took one last look from the heights that I once loved and then I ran like hell um, and I feel like from in my experience when I read that it's like it's this weird bittersweet look at past depression because in my head this song is about him like standing on a ledge considering suicide maybe and it's like he's running from that ledge not jumping off but he's like kind of looking back and it's almost bittersweet of like maybe you have to go through depression to get why it's like bittersweet to be past it i can't really describe it but like i'm i'm still talking and you guys aren't interrupting so wait, and like uh, i'm, I'm no, run out of shit no obviously <laughs> don't want to interrupt you yeah we're, we're, but like so the we've interrupted you so many times <laughs> trying to lead up to this that we yeah. i was trying to you know, we're trying to have good podcast yeah. etiquette but um so as far as a bittersweet could you expand on that like like the it's I understand like the sweet aspect of like oh I got past that feeling but why is it bittersweet is there do, do people it's, like kind of feel like like empowered by that feeling or well it's like you were at a place where like you were doing nothing and right as you're leaving from nothing in depression you're like looking back and you're like I was kind of it was almost easier to just be depressed and do nothing okay and so like there's this like you're missing how you used to feel and there's also and like on top of that you're also like starting to feel again because a lot of depressed people like your your worst depression is isn't like necessarily sad it's just like you don't feel anything mm -hmm. and so it's like you're starting to feel again and you're like looking back on when you didn't have to feel and you're like gosh that was maybe better and so like there's this bitter oh, okay. there's almost this bittersweet look back on depressed on your depressive periods but like obviously it's better to keep going forward and and, and moving to i feel yeah i i think i've been like yeah i can really no and that and that makes sense because i didn't i've never really thought about it that like that would be the bittersweet is the okay well i didn't feel anything before but now i'm feeling i'm feeling sad but at least i'm feeling yeah yeah what did you guys think of the song? No, I've I've always like I forgot about this song because like when I think of Rising, it's, I always think of Swing Life Away. Yeah, Makes but sense. when the chorus dropped again, I remembered that I have listened to the song and I do like the song and and like you're saying, um, I I I do like how they like it is cool that you get sometimes these like political bands because I've seen Rising Against live and it was weird. It was the it was very weird because going to the show, it was very, they made it very political, which I'm good with now. At the time, I was like a freshman in college and thinking like, okay, but like, can you play Swing Life Away now? Or what do you... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really like, my favorite lyric is a toss up between, but I'm here now waiting to convince you that I'm not a ghost or a stranger. And... Yeah, that's a good one. 
a blur is all that scene but here in this moment like the eye of the storm it all came clear to me and i just think that's just like good imagery and yeah the, like i need to kind of like brady i i probably listen to him more than brady but not a ton and um and like he's a really good lyricist it seems like and that's kind of meaningful to me like I mean, not, I'm not saying that he didn't evolve from there, but it's like you look at the songs like Ohio's for Lover, where it's like, dude, this song's catchy, this song's, but it's like these lyrics, what are they, you know? And like even Ronnie Radke from Escape the Fate, he, when he was in Fallen Reverse, he admitted like for a lot of the Escape the Fate lyrics, because people will like, they'll be like, oh, this is what this is means. This is what like try to have their interpretation of the songs. And he's like, dude, I literally just like put words together. I didn't really overthink any of it. I don't even know what half that stuff means, you know? Yeah. So I like maybe because the battery in the back of the political aspect of stuff, I do like that when people make lyrics with a purpose. And I don't think it's always necessary, but I can appreciate that about Rise Against. Yeah, they're uh, yeah they are really good lyricists, uh, um, and is is one of the reasons I like them so much. Um, all right, so now let's go to what we what I hear we hear at don't skip this one call sellout corner. Okay, um, in addition to the ad, go follow Don't Skip This One on Instagram or follow uh, ZZZ Attack on Twitter if um, you don't have Instagram. Um, sometimes I remember to publish it on there and then subscribe on Spotify or Anchor. Also, every episode has a playlist on my Spotify profile. Search Zach Fisher on Spotify. Mine is the only profile with a man, a woman, and a dog on it. Um, which is me and my wife and my dog. It's not some random man, woman, and dog. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's just the it's the only. There's like a lot of Zach Fishers, so like that's the one that you want to click on. That has all of the many um, playlists for these episodes. Uh, do you guys got any plugs you want to shout out? Um, yeah. So um, I'm gonna do my my normal plugs. Um, I'm not sure if any have you two ever heard of this um, new artist? Um, he's not really new. He's been around for a while. I I knew this dude in high school, really really great rapper. Um, his name um, everyone knows that you're talking about Cody. Is that wait? No, we're talking about Kevin Vesey. We were friends with him. In high we were friends with him in high school, and he recomm- and he recommended this great artist called Dak. <laughs> um, he's go to- so this is really like we're not even like trying to shout him out it's just like for kevin like for he, kevin kevin wants us to shout out this uh, artist right, right. yeah he who, specifically told you to i tell out. tell a little bit about him you well, know more you know him better well, than i do i mean according to kevin like this is kevin's word i guess he's just like a really great really great rapper yeah and like puts out excellent music according to kevin according know? to kevin yeah but um, you'd have to listen for yourself you he know? just he just put out a two singles in the last like six months um that's with crazy. A new, with a new music video. Really, really cool. Go check him out on uh, trolls.com. So it's like true false. Um, T-R-A-L-S-E.com. And you can find him on Bandcamp, Apple Music, Spotify. Um, 
if you're up in the Salt Lake area, he's got his first album, A Great Wealth Stores there. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna have to start like putting a time limit on you shouting. And then my my next like... shout out, my last shout out, <laughs> is if you do like traveling, feel free to check out Envication on Instagram, TikTok, um, Facebook. It's my my travel blog. Um, my whole family we had to do this great stuff. So if you really like looking at pictures of traveling or getting tips and tricks about where to go, um, follow us. I would very much appreciate it. Yeah. All right. I guess that covers, do you have anything else? No, no. Uh, so on, and also go follow Kevin Bisset. None of us are going to tell you how to spell it, but just go figure out how to find him and follow the stuff that he does. And I'm going to make it a little bit more confusing. It's either Kevin Bessie or Kevin Bisset. I'm going to let you try to figure out where to find that stuff. Yeah, figure it out for yourself. Late night breaks, I hear the tires squeal. Red light can't stop, so I spin the wheel. My world goes black before I feel an angel. Lift me up and I open bloodshot eyes into fluorescent white. Flip the siren, hit the lights, close the doors, and I am Alright, so that was The Artist in the Ambulance by Thrice. Um, this was Cody's pick. He brought it up um, for this episode. And with it, I'm glad he did because like, I feel like it was both Cody and I had Thrice songs. And I didn't like, glad he chose this one because I had another one that you'll probably get in the next one, but you know, I loved it. Yeah, I. I don't have a specific favorite lyric because this is like literally one of those songs that I just sing all the way through. Yes. And another little historian thing. <laughs> I feel like nowadays with how like how easy easily attainable music is, how how accessible it is, a lot of times at least in my experience and I, it, things are just like a flash in the pan where it's like it came out you know, it's cool for a little bit, and then we move on. Oh, what's next? What's the next cool thing? And, like, I, I think there's definitely exceptions. Like, I'm sure we all have albums that we go back to in today's time. But at the time, at that time when that album came out, that was, like, you had, like, a CD. You put it in your CD player, and you lived with it. And that mm-hmm. entire album, the Artist of the Ambulance, Artist in the Ambulance, is, like, one of those for me where just, like, every song... I like know the lyrics too, and there's a few other albums like that. But nowadays, with newer stuff that come out, comes out, I mean, maybe I shouldn't speak for everyone, but like for me, it's just like my attention span is just like, well, oh, that's cool. Wait, oh, this I can just go to this now on Spotify. Yeah. Where then, like, you'd have to get the album, put it in, like, get the CD, put it in a CD player, and you would just listen to the CD straight through. Go look at the lyric book, like yeah. all that. Like for me, I think I already said this on the podcast that I was on um, with you, Zach. But like, for me, it's like, when I put out my first CD, it was, CDs weren't super relevant, but it's like, just that nostalgic feeling I had. It's like, dude, I want to do a physical copy because of the booklet and all that stuff. But yeah, so I don't know if that, yeah, that didn't really answer anything as far as my lyric, but I just, that's what I attach to this song is that those like nostalgic times where, where it's like, I associate like that time period and the memories with it because it was like an album I literally like I lived with, you know. I think if I could go, I think my favorite lyric 
is the entire song. Just in the yeah, way that's what I was just in at. the way of like it's not like it's not a song about love or heartbreak. Like it is an actual story about a this artist who gets in a car accident and then is like almost almost dies and then lives. Like it, it's like yeah. a, it's like an actual story and um but if I did like and this isn't even the favorite like my all-time favorite from this it was just more reading through it it's something that i i really liked it's near the end um where the artist then you know realizes he's gonna get it he it talks about getting a second chance but it's my world goes black before i feel an angel steal me from the greedy jaws of death and chance pull me in with steady hands they've given me a second chance the artist in the ambulance like i like yeah and I, because it's he's getting the second chance, but the thing I like is the greedy jaws of death and chance, because it's he's playing on the because he's in a car accident. Yeah. The angel is stealing him from the greedy jaws of death, where yeah. I'm guessing the jaws of life are what is helping him get right. out of the car into the ambulance. Like it's like a cool it's jaws of death versus the jaws of life is the the machine that yeah. the firemen use to pull. People out of car wrecks, like oh, yeah, to open up awesome. the open up the doors to get people out. Yeah, and I like it just hit me just then as we were reading it. And yeah. I think like with that part that I really like is the callback on like the late night breaks up, and then yes. how like like how he takes that intro, but then it's like he he like it leads into a different lyrics. You yes, know? so that was cool to me. Yeah, like, this is a. I mean, we we're talking about great uh, lyricists. Uh, with Rise Against, but Thrice um, is is also really great uh, lyrically. Yeah. Um, this one I was really impressed reading through of like, and like you listen to it once and you're like you got the story because um, I think I might have mentioned this on our punk episode. But like Thrice, I'm uh, got introduced through you guys, so um, I'm not as as literate in them and like don't know as much as their stuff but like i'm always impressed when i do listen to it of like um the the lyricism is always just amazing i think too kind of going into you know the very first question you asked about like what got you into it um and we talked about like blink 22 and and these bands that got us into it but i think thrice was one of like there's a handful of them but thrice was one of the first bands that I could claim on my own that wasn't like my dad or my mom's like music like yeah. it was one of the first bands that like I think I believe it was either you Cody or Meredith had shown me and like right when I first started to listen to this type of music this album was one of the first and so I think I've always had like a special place for Thrice in my heart because they are the ones that like really got me into this you know, like 2000s alt rock. Like, that's that was like my stepping stone was thrice. Yeah, and I think like they were definitely maybe not so much pop punk, but they were were one of those bands that it's like like they started off punk and then they just evolved. And, and I just love that. Like, today there's a lot to appreciate about them because I feel like it's it's kind of sad a lot of times, but like, I feel like sometimes bands that have been around for a while because people are always looking for like the new fresh thing they that should be applauded 
like longevity and thrice is actually one of the only bands thrice circus survived i know there's others but those are two that come to my mind that have the all the original members and like for as long as they've been going like that's wow. applaudable and I, and i like yeah that's impressive i like that like they've always evolved and changed their music and try to do something different you know and i don't know if i was the one that showed you thrice brady but possibly could have i feel like the first time i'd heard of them was on a madden like an old madden game soundtrack all that's left was one of the songs on it and i think like maybe that was like oh this band's what's this band and then i look maybe at their album but yeah see i think from what i remember i think it really was it was meredith when we first had started hanging out and like yeah that and then like seeing because that you know, led me into like watching music videos on Fuse and Yahoo Music. Yahoo Music was the OG YouTube for music videos. Like I feel like we yeah. went there to watch all music videos, and I remember watching all of these, like like early like thrice like Scare of the Sun music videos, and all of these ones that we're talking about now. But yeah, no, I've thrice has always been like one of my first, and so it's I've always loved thrice. Yeah, I did want to mention my favorite lyric. Um, this was when you guys uh, said it as one that would be on the playlist. I listened to it a few times, and um, it. I like the, the well, I hope this is more than flashing lights and sounds, because in my head, I sort of relate it to um, being the artist in the ambulance would be like the mu- musician in an ambulance and paralleling the lights and sounds of an ambulance, meaning more than just lights and sounds of like that means life and then lights and sounds of a, a concert hoping that that means more than just like oh yeah i never thought crazy. about that before yeah man well i'm freaking a, a professional at this because i have a podcast oh okay 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 yeah so that's why i thought of it and you did okay i'm getting I'm getting way too high on my horse. Um, I'm going to climb back down. Okay. Let's move on to the next song. Um, wait, I'm not introducing them. Okay, just start it now. Listen close as they jumpsuit apparatus um this was one of mine so i did want to give a backstory on red jumpsuit apparatus and the weird story or weird way i got um started listening to them so face down uh i think that's like everyone's first song that they've probably heard of red jumpsuit apparatus their biggest one um have you ever heard of it what song is this People don't know that you're acting dumb. Uh, it's hard. It's kind of hard to know when someone's acting dumb when they're just always dumb. Yeah, that's, that is. I'm true. done with this. Brady is now walking away from the uh, mic, and we couldn't be more excited. Um, so, hey, can you give me a great fan tale while you're up? Thanks. Yeah, 
Great Fanta, and if you could just download Hamhorn on my phone. Hamhorn. This episode is brought to you by Hamhorn. Um, I got completely distracted. <laughs> Reg up, face down. Oh, face, face down. down. Okay. So, so, I just had to stand up. That's that's really so, what it was. So, do you guys, um, do you guys remember like before the Office when parkour was like, would people do parkour videos and put them on YouTube? Yep. Was that the, we had. Um, members from my church had a parkour group and they would post videos on YouTube and they put Face Down as one of those as one of the songs they, they would always put like a pop punk emo song I think on like every single yeah well if you're video. gonna if you're gonna jump around buildings illegally like emo is the best best genre to go the best with best genre to go with so, I don't know like ready to fall Fair enough. Um, but One like, step closer to the edge and I'm about to break. Yeah, maybe not those ones. you got to be a little more specific. But um, So that was where I first heard them. And then I was like, oh, that's a good song. But I don't think I like looked up and like saved any of that stuff. And so then um, somebody that, that I went to school with uh, later after this, they were like, I feel like you would like Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Now... I am probably one of the few people of my generation who did not download stuff illegally, like a lot. Like I did done some of it, but I, like I never used the big ones ever. Um, we always, I just, my parents got iTunes early and were just like, we'll just give you iTunes gift cards. So it was like, all right. And so. See, here's the thing, dude. Like, but there's a way to go about it. I I I know I know, but I was I was young and I didn't know what I was. No, you had to look. At, you had to look at the size. You had to look. There's a lot of. No, no. But what we're saying is like, even if you didn't want to do it, like I remember what we would do is just like at the. I don't. I think they kind of. You know, Apple kind of cracked down on it later, but we would just plug our iPods into other people's iTunes. It's like, oh, I don't have these songs yet, and. Oh yeah. So yeah. like that's how a lot of music yeah. got passed around. True. It's there, like there'd be that and. Um, so, LimeWire. <laughs> well, so LimeWire. So what, what I was going to say is, is this Cause. this kid, he got on LimeWire. He had, like, tons of music from LimeWire. He, he was one of the kids you could go to to be like, is this the right one? Or is this going to be, like, secretly some Russian song that... Is this going to be a virus? So he was like a pro at that. So he, he had, like, every Red Jumpsuit Apparatus mm-hmm. song, including, mm-hmm. like... Like, like demos. demos and stuff like that, all downloaded from LimeWire, and he just made me a CD and was like, "Here, I feel like you like this," and he like even printed out like a little album cover. And I, I think when he first gave it to me, I assumed it was the real album, and then later he was like, "Oh no, I just downloaded all that stuff off LimeWire." Did you feel super guilty afterwards? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I felt super guilty, and I prayed about it, and God was like, "I think it's gonna be okay." Um, this podcast is brought to you by LimeWire. LimeWire, destroying I, computers one song at a time. I also don't think it's around anymore, so they can't give us money. I don't think they have money to give us also because it's LimeWire. Okay, I just took up like four minutes of the podcast talking about Red Jumpsuit Apparatus and how I got it illegally, but um, I just, it's a good, I just wanted to mention that it's a good song, and also we uh, realized as we were reading the lyrics that it's a lot more faith-based than we thought. Oh, I don't remember Red Jumpsuit, like, when in, like, our circles, I don't remember people being like, oh, yeah, they're definitely a Christian band. 
reading through these lyrics, I'm like, oh, wow, it is a very... Yeah. Like, if it wasn't as hard, this could go on an EFY album. <laughs> yeah, so it's... Um, that I did not realize that, but um, it is a good song. Uh, it's a good example of, like, the the like you have so many emotions that you just break like that's the i feel like a, a break into screaming i feel like that's a type of screamo song where it's like instead of just adding screamo you're just like you're gonna cody is now showing us <laughs> how cool he is uh because he got to work with red jumpsuit apparatus dude you got it you got all the best stories. You, you <laughs> let you let me talk about illegal downloads, and you've like worked with them. I was just showing a picture. I met Red Jumpsuit Apparatus and Hinder, Lips of an Angel oh, yeah. guy, um, and I, I just I work sound and lights and stuff. And I was working lights for a show, and my girlfriend Dre, one of her top four favorite songs of all time. I know it's very particular, but is Your Guardian Angel. So I got a, a set song. list signed by like three or four of them for her. But I just asked her where it is and she doesn't she couldn't find it so that that's cool it not not a big deal okay, we're, gonna <laughs> to, we're gonna have to take a little bit of a break because okay, cody's having a full-on mental breakdown he's, he's gonna be me and brady he's gonna be bit. crying he's just make sure you keep your sobs to a minimum because the mic can pick that up yeah so wouldn't sobs atmospherically be great for an emo episode i you know what that the, is very true. true yeah cry your heart out. and what about <laughs> stabs <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I did want to say my favorite lyric there is a problem here with our society the absence of my tears is my sobriety um, I feel like at this time was the f maybe the start I don't I, I keep saying this kind of stuff and I don't know what I'm talking about for me it was the start of um, something new something new uh, that's high school musical isn't oh, it yeah that is high school musical um, so it's, it was the start of like hey i can have emotions and that's okay and even though i'm a man um i i feel like that that's what the lyrics lyric, this lyric means to me it's like um my sobriety or like my um my power comes from my lack of emotions but that's the problem so i, I like i like that lyric for that that was actually gonna be my lyric pick too for reals I'm sorry, man. No, it's fine. Cody's it's crying like... even more now. This is. I think my lyric was "face down in the dirt." She said, "This no, doesn't." That's the wrong wrong song. <sighs> I I didn't pick that song. All right. Okay, my bad. Okay. It was it was too obvious. It was too. It was, it was too okay. Obvious. We didn't want to be right too on the nose with it. That. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, there was one that I like listened to. Listen Subtlety. To. This podcast is brought to you by Subtlety. <laughs> Sometimes it's not as good to be right on the nose. The concept of subtlety can't pay us. Dude, I gotta... Excuse us. We're gonna take a break while I take Brady to business school. Uh, next song. Let's go.
the lords of emo. My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance. So this one was my song. I love this song. This is a song I jam out to in the car. Like, full-on air guitar, air drums, not even lip sync. Like, I'm a terrible singer, and I will just belt this in the car. Um, and I, I can attest to the fact that he's I am a, a terrible, terrible singer. Kidding, man. Um, good. But I think... I think the best part about what makes this song one of the best emo is like the song is great, but the music video just adds so much more to it. So the music video oh, yeah. is this whole the band are these like goth kids at this prep school and like it's this whole thing. Like it's an amazing music video. Go check it out. Like, yeah, I, just go check out. The I love video. it. it um, and I, I feel like you can't talk about emo music without. My Chemical Romance. Like, like you're talking about with, oh, for the, sure. with the bands that you're talking about, like you didn't want to mention that you liked emo because then you'd be roped in with them. I kind of did have the same feeling when My Chemical Romance first came out. Like, yeah, because they were they were not like I remember people like talking about almost like vampire. Like they were like they had this weird stigma with them right at first, and then I heard this song on Fuse. Like it was on. Um, like me and friends like Meredith and other people, we'd watch Fuse and we watch stuff like Dedicate Live, like Top Twenty Countdown, and it was just tons of music videos. Meredith, friend of the podcast. Meredith, yeah. Um, but anyway, we would we would watch and like this song came on and I just fell in love with it. And then and then afterwards you'd have um, like the first Hel- song I heard was Helena, yeah. Yeah, then you hear like I heard this yeah. one, then Helena and um, Ghost of You. And then it went into then they got really big with the Black Parade, but like yeah, and that one it definitely emo. But I feel like the best one of their songs is "I'm Not Okay." I promise. Um, it's like the it's not it's not like amazing lyrically. Like it's not a Thrice or a Take Back Sunday where they have like amazing deep lyrics, but. Um, but it's good. It's like a good portrayal, though. Like I even just like the first part. Like if you wanted honesty, that's all you had to say. Like it's. Yeah, that's a good lyric. Like I. It, it's just like, I don't know. I've I've always liked the song. This one's always been one of my favorites. So, what do you guys have to say about it? Oh, my favorite lyric was what will it take to show you that it's not the life it seems I've told you time and time again you sing the words but don't know what it means that was that was oh, right up there too but I like it because I just feel like <laughs> as a, a music creator and stuff sometimes it can be frustrating because it's like I think a lot of times people they, they don't even know what the words are saying or like what it means but they're just like like the melody and the music and stuff so i kind of relate to it in that way where it's like sometimes i feel like i kind of clever and intricate with lyrics i write but it's like doesn't even matter because like no one even is like not no one but like a lot a great majority is just like oh this is song like is this a bop you know yeah no i feel you like even some of these songs that i've listened to for years i haven't ever like gone and looked at the lyrics like I've just sung along, and and then years later, been like, oh, that's that's what they're saying. I didn't know that that's what the the song was even about. Yeah. And then you read through the lyrics, you're like, oh, okay, this is. And so I do like that because I feel like we and I feel like we all get caught up in that where we 
we sing the words, but we don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, Nirvana talks about it on In Bloom. I looked at it, that sparked a thought in my head. But like, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, a lot of songs. You're like, wow, this is a great melody, and you're not looking at the lyrics at all. Um, I did want to say about it. Uh, Gerard Way does a excellent job of portraying someone clearly on the edge of a mental breakdown and it's such a fun song to sing like because of that i think yes and you see that in the music video. in the music video yeah definitely the music video is definitely even more like you see he's so close yeah it reminded me of institutionalized by suicidal tendencies which is oh, also yeah. a great song about like being on the verge of a mental breakdown and so it's like for me my favorite lyric is like um it's it's like the entire bridge into the last chorus where he's like but i'm okay i'm okay i'm okay now i'm okay but you really need to listen to me because i'm telling you the truth i mean it i'm okay trust me and then the chorus i'm not okay i it's like this back and forth and he's like he's trying to almost tell himself he's okay no i'm okay i'm okay and then he's like oh, i'm not okay I'm clearly not okay so it's yeah He's, you can't talk about emo without my chemical romance though yeah you cannot for sure um let me attempt that dude so emo music is so my chemical romance dang dude uh, great, you get so close dude uh, you guys are right theory proven we use the scientific method here don't skip this one <laughs> the name of the podcast that you definitely remembered no I, it was just <laughs> took me a second because i was thinking of your kb <laughs> like kdb yeah yeah, the one that I always know exactly. Uh, all right, and then we're doing the last song. I got to add a third song, basically, because the last one's for my wife. So, uh, yeah, I always like to add a last one uh, that I know for sure she'll like. She helped pick it out, actually. Originally, I had a different Panic song, but um, she went with the only difference between martyrdom and suicide is press coverage. And that will be the only time I'm saying it because it's so long, uh, th- that title. Anyways, play the, play the dance. Sit tight, I'm gonna need you to keep time. Come on, just snap, snap, snap your fingers for me. Good, good, now we're making some progress. Come on, just tap, tap, tap your toes to the beat. And I believe this may call for a proper introduction. Well, don't you see? I'm the narrator and this is just a Calling, calling an audible right now. Um, that was Panic at the Disco. You can now hear the phone ringing as we wait. Hello, Kevin. What's up? Um, so welcome we're... to the podcast, Kevin. How's it going? I'm in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, dude. So we just listened to a Panic song. We're doing an emo episode, and we were talking. Brady was mentioning about the writing of of Panic. And I remember you had thoughts on it because like the old singer and new sing or like the old writer, new writer. So would you like to expand on that? We, the song we just listened to, what's it called? The the only difference between martyrdom and suicide is press coverage. I already I said I was only going to say it once. <laughs> but yeah, I remember you had an opinion. Like, didn't you say the old, old Panic was better written because it wasn't Brandon Urie? Brady kind yeah, of so the old Panic wasn't written 
like Brendan Muir wasn't the primary writer. They had the other guy. I don't remember his name. Ryan Ross. Ryan Ross. Thank you, Brady. Um, so I think Brendan Urie has gotten better as a writing writing writer, and I think he's done a lot of good co-writes too, uh, especially with like Death of a Bachelor. I feel like he came into his own. But I feel like his first album where he was like separate from the group, Vices and Virtues, he kind of lost his footing in terms of writing and wasn't really like on the game like he was when he had uh, Ryan Ross writing his records. I, I did not like the song with Taylor Swift that he was on. The, oh, me? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think... I don't think me or his latest album were near as good as Death of a Bachelor. But I think in Death of a Bachelor, he, like, found his footing, yeah. put out something great, and then after that, it kind of, like, stumbled a little bit for me. It I, wasn't as good. Me was not... I, I, I do think a good song. I do like... Um, the too, too Rare to Live, Too Young to Die. Yeah, no, that one's good, too. Oh, yeah, that's a really good album. It was just yeah, Vices and Virtues. He kind of, like, stumbled because he hadn't written before, you yeah. know? So would you say like maybe the first like the first album's lyrics seemed a little bit more authentic? Um, they're just different. I, I don't know about like authenticity. Uh, but like authenticity, like you can hear it, right? Like if you Alan, can hear you can hear the authenticity and like how important that is, right? Right. In the, On the first album, yes, or just like in general. I mean, would you say that Vices and Virtues isn't authentic? I don't know that I would use the word authentic. Um, I mean, it was definitely more poetic, maybe. And mm, authentic, got there it. There were a lot of words kind of crammed into it. You'll notice that that first album is really wordy. It gets a little less wordy with the second, and then with the third, it just feels completely just like off on a different rail. Like, if you were like symbolically, like, would you say the first album was maybe like. You know, like, uh, oh, it's like someone sneezing and like, dang, that sounds pretty authentic. But then like the second album was more like a fabricated cough. <laughs> the second album, I really like the second I mean, album. the later album where, <laughs> where Granite. It's pretty odd is good. Pretty odd is good, but I think bad. what we're saying is that a fake cough is vices and virtues in this scenario. <laughs> no, I think a fake cough is more death of a bachelor. Oh, I think that's our time, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's all the time we have for Kevin. Thanks for coming on, Kevin. Thanks Appreciate you. Yeah. We'll have to have you back someday. Hey, Kevin, we, I'm so glad that you're that you're on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you later, bro. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> for all those who couldn't hear, Kevin just agreed that uh, authentic <laughs> is better than non-authentic. <laughs> He finally admitted it. <laughs> oh man! But going back to the song, I like I I've always I love Panic. Like, and I do agree with Kevin where he said there was that. You see the writing change, um, and so like Vice and Virtues. That's why I didn't do as well. Like it, but then Brendan Urie came into his own, and I like I've always loved Panic. They're a local Vegas band, so it's. Is it true? That Panic got signed before playing a single show. That is true. Panic did get signed before playing a single show. And I think sometimes, like, Vegas will really embrace the killers. They'll embrace Imagine Dragons. Mm -hmm. I think, like, Panic has, like, a worldwide 
like fan base don't get me wrong but i feel like vegas doesn't embrace them in the same way because it was like they didn't really pay the dues they didn't like you know when really? circuit the city like like from what i've noticed like when see i would disagree because i feel like when panic first came out they were huge in in like the area like i remember all of us listening to like um their stuff on myspace just because it's like oh this is a local band and it just got signed let's check them out well, I just, like, what I mean is, so, not so much with the Killers, I, I didn't catch on to them, but Imagine Dragons, like, before they blew up, they were, like, playing all these shows around Vegas, and, like, I remember, like, even some of my local rapper friends would, like, play shows with Imagine Dragons and stuff, and it, so I think, like, the Killers will come and play a, uh, elite, um, T-Mobile arena, and then, mm-hmm. like, go, they went to Bunkhouse and played, like, after, That's true. and so it's just, like, little things where it's, like, oh, there's pride, I'm not trying to say, like, they, but... I feel like where Panic has a big... I'm not saying people in Vegas don't love them, but it's like embrace, if if that makes sense. I, and me not, like, growing up here and then moving away, I don't really know that what that's like now because I'm just going off of yeah. what I knew in high school. Yeah, I didn't know. I wasn't really, like, going to concerts a lot, a ton of concerts in high school, so yeah. I'm not trying to, like... I don't know. But I just know... I think there sometimes... I've heard people have a stigma about, about like, oh, they didn't even play a single show and got yeah, signed. That makes sense. Just from demos or and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a. I mean, they're a great band, and it's a great song. Uh, I'm glad that we did include a Panic song because uh, they definitely were. It feels wrong to not have Panic be in the email playlist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did want to say favorite lyric is uh, we're still so young, desperate for attention. I aim to be your eyes, trophy boys, trophy wives. Where it's like describing that feeling of just wanting to be famous. And yep. like that's it's like it will be totally shallow. But like they, they're like going back and forth about it um, in the song itself. But I, I like that description of it. Um, but yeah, that whole first album is great. Go check it out. Uh, you guys got anything else for the song? I don't really got much else. No. Nope. But right. Panic is great. So I, I felt like maybe I would, between the writing thing and the Vegas <laughs> credibility, it seems like I was being a hater. But I think they, they weren't. They're, they're maybe like a band that I didn't, like, they're not one that I gravitate towards, like, follow up on. But I listen to them like, dude, they're unique. The way he puts together melodies and, like, the yeah. writing and stuff is great it's just like they weren't like a band that was one of my go-tos uh, he's fantastic when i saw brendan uh yuri uh, panic in concert um he did bohemian rhapsody it was before he actually recorded and like put it out um they were starting to do that and i did not realize the range that he had until i think that song because he i mean he put some range more into his song now but songs now um but i feel like not as much as he actually has in concert. Um, he'll totally go for it. All right. Well, um, that's our episode. Uh, so paint your nails black and follow the podcast on Spotify and Anchor. Thanks for sticking around, fellow music nerds.